This episode is dedicated to our nephew and my godson, Christopher, and our niece-in-law, Chelsea. Congratulations again on the wedding. We're so thrilled and so happy for the two of you. Your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, I'm Catherine, your host of this Variety Show podcast. Your positive imprint is transforming how we live today for a more sustainable tomorrow through education and information. Your own positive actions inspire change. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Visit my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, and learn more about the podcast and sign up for email updates. And thank you for listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, well, your favorite podcast platform. Music by the legendary and talented Chris Knoll. Check out Chris and his awesome music at chrisnoll.com, C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E. Thank you again for listening and for your support of this podcast. As you know from the dedication, our nephew got married this weekend. Well, because of the wedding, we had lots of family in town. Our young nephew Grant was staying with us, and I thought it would be fun for him to chat a little bit about birds. Well... He really didn't want to talk about birds. He wanted to talk about dinosaurs. And today's episode is not about dinosaurs. But here is young Grant anyway to introduce the introduction for today's episode. Yeah, the birds really live with dinosaurs. My favorite is the Wathraptor because the Wathraptor has feathers. I don't hear very much owls. I think it's time we want to talk about the dinosaurs. Your positive imprint with your PI. Your positive imprint. What's your PI? Boris Belchev surrounds himself with nature and interesting people. He captures the natural world by focusing on the magic he finds in wildlife throughout Lithuania's wilderness. As a bird guide, he educates visitors on the life of birds, but also the declining numbers of bird species. It's not easy to become a certified birder and guide in Lithuania. Boris Belchev is transforming how we live today for a more sustainable tomorrow through education and information. And now, Boris Belchev shares his journey into the window to nature. Well, Boris... Belchev, it is so fabulous to have you here on the show, and you are out there in Lithuania, which is one of my spots that I visited, and I so much enjoyed Lithuania. Welcome to the show, Boris. Thank you, Catherine. It's really honor <laughs> that I'm on your podcast. I listened to other shows from the beginning. I started from 2019, from the very beginning, so I need to catch up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, really special, your podcast. Thank you so much. Well, it's awesome that you're here. You have so much that you're doing with your positive imprints. And of course, you're global as people come over to Lithuania and go birding. Lithuania is not where you are from. So let's 
back up a little bit, a few years, and go back to where you were born and what got you started first in photography. So I was born in Bulgaria in 1985. So now it's almost 38 years. And 16 of them I spent in Lithuania, but first 21 I spent in Bulgaria. I used to live in average size town with about 90,000 people living there. And I actually was interested in nature from very beginning, but the photography was just something very far away <laughs> because uh, these technologies just were not so accessible in Eastern European countries. And I started first bird watching and volunteering for Bulgarian Society for Protecting of Birds, making common bird monitoring. I was counting the breeding birds in the graveyards of our town. <laughs> Everybody asked me always how I get into Lithuania. So the story short, long story short, is that my first trip was to Alaska. Oh and my I gosh. Listen to your first podcast and you were in Alaska. <laughs> yes, that's so that's so cool. What brought me to Alaska was the that I need to earn somehow money to, to buy my first phot photography equipment. And I have a friend that was working as a student on with J1 visa work and travel program to Alaska. And he told me about that it's a good way to earn quickly money working in Denali National Park in the Denali Resort. So I quickly applied for this visa. And I think my lucky number 13 works again. And on 13th of April 2007, I got the visa and I traveled to Alaska on 6th of May. Wow, this is so interesting. You mentioned that the availability of camera equipment and other accessories were not available there in in Bulgaria. How did you learn about the photography and, and what made you decide on your camera equipment when you were in Alaska? As I mentioned, I was volunteering for Bulgarian Society of Protection of Birds and they were doing this project for breeding bird monitoring. And the coordinator of the project, he has one of the first digital cameras and this longer lens. So I saw that and I said, I want to do that. He wow. did try the camera, take some shots. Because in this time I have only this analog uh, camera with film with very short lens. And I, I could make mostly portraits and maybe some landscape but I couldn't get any closer to birds. So this grabbed me and I find a way to, to do it. That is such a fun story that you, you volunteered to do the counting, which is so important around the world. It's not just important in any one country because the birds migrate over land and overseas. <laughs> you got started at, at a... Young age, when you were in Alaska, did you work for Denali or did you just go in and you you bought your equipment and you practiced? What did you do in Alaska? This friend that I mentioned earlier, he told me that I should get waiter job there because you're getting a lot of tips and it's easier to turn the money that you need in a short time. 
but unfortunately i got the job of dishwasher <laughs> yeah well that that's okay dishwasher's okay yeah. they still split the tips yes and because i really want to speed up the process i find another job night shift in one of the fast food chains i managed to do my schedule this way that i have my day offs at the same time on both jobs so i can go to the park and explore and practice with with my still old equipment until i got the new one and in two months i managed to earn the money i need and i have the chance to start learning to use the digital camera with with longer lens and i have some funny stories with these two jobs sometimes in this period of two months working 16 hours a day i, I really wanted to take photos in, in in this time but i have only three four hours to sleep and one of the days i decide to not go to sleep but to take some photos so first time i wake up there was a river otter staring at me from the lake that i was sitting on the shore <laughs> so it was really funny until i wake up next time sleeping standing up next to the road and the husband of my chef cook in the in the canteen that i was working wake me up and take me to the back to the resort and then ali can walk wherever you want as far you keep a safe distance from wild animals and there are the buses that take you into the park because it's not open for private vehicles and you can ask the driver to stop and let you out wherever you want so i met a tourist and one professor in ornithology and we hiked together and we were looking for wildflowers for birds and then we saw that there was a grizzly bear mama with its cubs. She was sleeping and it was like three, four hundred meters, which is, I don't know, maybe 600 feet from us. And, and we try slowly to not wake her up and hike back to the main road and stop the first bus. So the first bus that was passing by took us and stopped when we were passing the bear and we can take some photos from the bus from safe distance. Also, I had night walk because in Alaska it's not getting really dark in the summer. And I was walking through on a normal trail for the tourists, going to my favorite spot at, and I heard the Wolves uh, howling. <laughs> I need to finish this four months and earn the money that I own from my parents to pay the tickets and uh, everything else. This is the the almost the end of the second month when I met a girl from Lithuania, and this is how I end up in Lithuania. Ah, uh, Boris, Alaska really opened the path for you in not just photography, but in your love for the environment, your love for animals, and your love for wanting to preserve and protect them because not everybody would have left that grizzly bear. Others would have just taken out their camera and hoping she would wake up so they could get these great photos of her moving around. And that's not 
protection of the wildlife. So I applaud you and the ornithologists that you were with that the two of you enjoyed seeing that she was there with her cubs, but you backed off and you left her her privacy within her own habitat. This story has so many different tales and and turns. <laughs> so you were in Alaska, you paid for your photography equipment, you met this ornithologist. What is the reason for the birds versus the other wildlife that is in Eastern Europe? Birds are started to be part of my life from very young, early age. It was my first memories that are always picking up were about the bee eater colony that was just a few hundred meters from my grandparents' summer house in the village where we were spending most of our summers with them. And there is a clay wall where the bee eaters are digging their nest holes. And we were going with my sister there to, to watch them because they're one of the most powerful birds in, in Europe, I think. They have more than 20, 25 different colors and different tones of, of different colors. And this was one of the reasons. The other reason is that my father liked to run a lot when he, he was younger and healthier and he was bringing to us different small birds and we were trying with my sisters to grow them. This is one of the reasons that in later when I become more conscious about nature and about good of the wild animals, I never want to have any more uh, wild animals. So I was trying to help them in the nature but not be selfish and take them home and try to, to domesticate them. But before this happened, I managed successfully to grow really young feral pigeon that my father bring home also from his work. And this was really special uh, connection between me and this pigeon because I was like his only parent and I was teaching him on the stairs because we were living on the eighth floor. I was teaching him on the stairs to fly. And after that, he was even flying in the uh, city park until he become adult and he made his soulmate. And in pigeon life, the males always moving to, to the female's area. But I, I still believe that they were coming to visit me together. Um, on our balcony and I was really happy that this pigeon <laughs> even was grown by me he made his way back to the wild this is one of the main things that brought me mainly to the birds and other thing is that mammals and other creatures are less abundant and especially the mammals they are mostly nocturnal creatures and more difficult to to see and explore. What are the bird populations doing in Bulgaria and Lithuania? Are they dropping in population as they are dropping in North America and on other continents? Unfortunately, yes, especially after this country joined the European Union. We're really sad about that and I'm not really happy to talk about it, but it's it's our 
present and uh, making a lot of efforts to reduce this impact but i also joining one project that i find very interesting it's about lonely trees in the in the agricultural landscape so the company that i will not mention they are running this project now to encourage the farmers to leave at least a single trees in their agricultural lands and not make just this agricultural desert they're getting this compensation from the european union to clean bushes and trees or agricultural land and also agricultural policy in europe it's on that for example natural meadow it's treated like wasteland I and mean, that it's it could be arboland but it's uh, nobody work making agriculture there even it's so important habitat is still treated like wasteland and this is one of the main reasons that birds in bulgaria and lithuania are declining because of the loss of habitats and i recently participate every year at least one 24 hour bird watching marathon which society in lithuania is organizing so they choose an area that it's uh, not uh, well explored by scientists and there are different teams that get the opportunity in four hours to explore the the patch of this area and try to found as many species as possible and why i mentioned this is not because it's so important to race but because we give a lot of uh, feedback to the non-governmental organization that can take actions and because first six years when i live in lithuania it was in the same area and i have a lot of observation of some rare birds for example corncrake is one of them and this is so only four years later and the agriculture made such big impact on this species that in 24 hours we couldn't hear or see any of these corncrakes their habitats were completely destroyed with monoculture fields so some birds are really in really bad situation some even seabirds and some agricultural landscape birds like that i mentioned for example in czech republic they lost 70% of their agricultural land bird populations which really big hit on the this birds that we used to see every day they don't care about nature but just these two things like nature conservation and agriculture they're so much separate from each other that one is making nature conservation and the other one it's trying to de- do what they do the best but without taking care about the nature so such projects even it's just small things single trees but it's not it's enough at least yes it's a it's good start and but it's not enough to sustain the bird populations mm-hmm. and it's and it's happening worldwide i think there's too much of living today and not looking to tomorrow which is why your positive imprint transforms how we're living today for a more sustainable tomorrow and i think that that's just so important how are we going to sustain ourselves 
for tomorrow. And it's not just our sustainability because part of our sustainability is living with the animals and all of nature that is part of our planet. Now, you met your girlfriend in Alaska and you obviously moved from Bulgaria over to Lithuania. So now in Lithuania, you are doing not just photography, but you are also a bird guide and you can't just become a bird guide. What are those requirements for getting yourself on the world map as a bird guide in Lithuania? Join me next week with more of Boris Belchev's journey into the window to nature. To learn more about Boris, you can go to his website, borisbelchev.com, B-O-R-I-S-B-E-L-C-H-E-V.com. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow or subscribe or download this podcast. You can go to yourpositiveimprint.com for more information. Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?